Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're talking with Corinne. Hello. Hello, Corinne. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and do you, what do you say when people say, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah. Uh, do you say I'm a musician? Or you say, just say like, I'm a musician. I'm a mad performer. I play <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mad performer. Um, no, I just say I play keyboards. I make electronic music. Well, I feel like I was pretty busy over the past few months um, just trying to uh, finish my label debut album, which is called Wave Systems. Um, I spent a lot of this year working on that. And then um, I was a little bit stressed out doing the last show, but like it was very rewarding. I've got another launch coming up um, in Melbourne in a week's time Whoa. at Hugs and Kisses. So um, I just practice in a, a studio and have two keyboards and a sampler. And a lot of the time I'm just trying to get the levels right. And mm. when I work with the backing tracks, I have to make sure that I play in time with everything because mm. I have a lot of delays going. So um if I start playing out of time with the keyboard, it's very obvious when it's out of sync with the backing track. So a lot of the time I'm just stressing over that. <laughs> I guess I'm inspired by a lot in visual art and sort of taking that and sort of translating that into music. Um, there's a Japanese artist that I really like called Ryoji Ikeda. I went to a live performance-based installation that happened at CarriageWorks, um, and he works. He works a lot with like video, um, um, doing like sort of like glitchy, glitchy installations. And he had like music performers actually uh, playing in time to the video installation. And I was inspired by sort of the, the glitchiness of his visuals, and that that sort of informs like a lot of my music um like i have a song called ultra that's that's really glitchy and yeah i think it's actually yeah, influenced a lot by um sort of yeah visuals that are yeah like that so i start out with improvising on the keyboard mm -hmm. um and just i'll just play around with like maybe like two or three different sounds um, and once I, once I just start riffing on something and it feels good, um, that's when I start developing something into a song. Um, a lot of the time, um, I actually start out with just cells of songs and I'll test them out live. Um, and then eventually I'll like record it and start padding it out with like other sounds, um, in Pro Tools and like using MIDI and stuff. So, um, I might start out with a certain loop of a song like and then i'll have like a b-side to that and then after that mm, then cool. yeah then i'll start developing it into like a full song i don't prepare for it that much mm. a lot of the time um i'll come up with ideas when i didn't intend to um it might be like i'm working on another song and then i just mess around with that that synth patch or whatever and then i just come up with a new mm a new sound by accident and then I just start improvising on that and next minute um, <laughs> I decide to record. A lot of the time um, in the past I've just been preparing for a gig and I've just been like oh my god I've got to come up with a new song. <laughs> this year I, I got a lot into uh, Yellow Magic Orchestra. It's like a Japanese um, 
synth band from the 1980s um if you go through their discography it's just incredible like i don't know i think they were just way ahead of their time probably like the craft work of japan but for some reason i yeah the they were just never as popular as craft work i'm not sure why but yeah every time i listen to their stuff i'm just sort of blown away anytime i listen to uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto, he's one of the members of Yellow Magic Orchestra. Yeah, I'm always blown away by all the compositions and collaborations that he's done. An album that informs my music a lot is uh, Insen, which is a collaboration um, between Ryuichi Sakamoto and um, Alvinotto, who's an who's a electronic musician from Germany. And... Um, I really like the album because it's piano-based, like, improvisation, but it's um, sort of mixed in with, like, the glitchy electronics of Albinotto. And I think a lot of my earlier stuff was sort of sort of influenced by that. I like how minimal everything is on that album. Glitchy electronics combined with piano. My track glue is probably trying to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to go back to your question about, like, oh, you listen to something and yeah. you wish you made that, yeah. I'd probably say, I wish I made that <laughs> instead of my own track. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I think some of the earliest stuff I did, I was trying to sort of combine the piano with the glitchiness, and yeah, it's it probably influenced a lot by that. So I guess the most recent collaboration I've done, um, I did it with uh, an electronic producer called Jucker. He's from Melbourne. Basically, I recorded some piano improvisations and then um i sent it to jocker and then he he sort of reinterpreted it i guess uh, previously working um in my band yoke um the way we would collaborate would be we tried to make it sort of a, an equal partnership of people so we'd jam on an idea and then create the song together and then sort of get a producer to help i found it really fun just sort of having control over the whole process because yeah. i think like i do like to sort of <laughs> as much as i love collaborating i do like i do like to be in control of how i'm sounding like most yeah. of the time and if you watch me play live i guess like I, I try to play a lot of the parts live, um, and even if I use a backing track, I try to play like the bass, the main bass and the synth line live, and mm. it's a very important thing to me. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just different kind of process. But yeah, yeah. If you're an artist in general, you're always going to be making things and hating them, and then trying <laughs> again, and you know. <laughs> Um, it's like yeah. a constant process. Like, um, yeah, I feel like I'm a bit of a perfectionist as well. Like, mm. yeah, I guess it's been a long process. I studied piano at a tertiary level and classical training. And after I finished up, I I was trying to, to make sense of like who I was as an artist. I didn't really see myself as a classical musician. I think mm. um, I wanted to to make my own music and find a way to do that whilst using the skills that I, I gained mm. from going to university. It took a while for me to get to this point of actually having like a creative output. Before I even thought of starting this project, I just started out by doing like covers, mm. <laughs> like piano covers yeah. of songs. And then eventually I just, I just tried to, to make my own songs playing 
live for people help me to understand like my process of how I make a song and solidify what I want to do as an artist. I want to use the techniques of like a classical musician, but use it in a way to produce electronic music. And I don't, I don't think I'm the first person to do that at all by any means. Um, yeah, that's kind of the, the premise of what I do. I think a lot of the time I'm sort of influenced by things that are happening in pop music and I, I want to do my own interpretation of it. So I want to be able to make electronic music that's for the pop audience. I want to perform and make music in a way that makes mm. sense to me. Mm. And the way that makes sense to me is to, yeah, to try and play, to play things live and record it and then also to... Um, to, to play the tracks live for an audience. I think that's the way, like, my music lives and it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I really get um, enjoyment out of your tracks is when they somehow engulf me. Because <laughs> there's, there's something that's like a little... There's something that I can get into at the start that's a groove or a beat or a hook or a riff. Yeah. And then somehow they, they well all around me i don't know like um that spray foam or whatever or like the fire trucks at school fates and then before i know it i'm completely surrounded in this wonderland i don't know where anybody is and i don't know where i am but yeah. i've somehow been transported there. Uh, i'm probably a sucker for like making a good outro i think i tend to focus on the outros more than the intros i like having a good build up at the end of a song um, oh, yeah. i'm a bit dramatic i think I usually try to record everything that I do, even if it's just little improvisations. If it's if something's not working, I'll just ditch it. And sometimes I'll come back and, yeah. it, you know, months later and realize that I might have something there. But I think if it's not going anywhere, I usually just move on. I'm into photography and I like making like short little videos of graphics um i have an obsession with like taking pictures of water and then sort of messing with them and making graphics out of them i actually wanted to be a graphic designer when i was younger but my mum told me not to bother with it because she thought i didn't really have a future with it but she was you know 100 percent with me trying to be a musician but i do feel like the few times that i've seen you perform that you become it's oh, well, on everyone stage. has a, you know, an alter ego, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, performer. Um, 
I don't think my alter ego is, you know, is as dramatic as like, you know, what's that Beyonce, like Sasha Fierce or <laughs> But I think I definitely go into a performance mode. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the time though, my performance mode, um, uh, like for example, at the launch that I did, um, because I was a little bit nervous, I just, <laughs> I think I just sort of tried to get into the zone by just like constant, really just concentrating on, you know, mm. what I was doing on the keyboard. So um, I think like I, I get a, a lot into like the movement of performing, I think as well, but yeah, that's just something that I feel like comes naturally. It looks, I, I, I feel it looks like, natural. yeah, <laughs> it's almost like you get more coordinated when you're performing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what Trisha said. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's what happens when well, you're surrounded by. I, I guess by... like, um, yeah, Trisha is our dancer friend. Like, yeah. she, the first time she watched me perform, she's just like, yeah, you just get into this, you know, sort of like, um, yeah, this graceful kind of, you know, suddenly graceful, sudden, suddenly graceful sort of movements. Um, yeah, she's like, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, as if it's yeah, it's just something it's that you don't compelling. see in real life, Korean. No. <laughs> Is there anything else that stage Korean has got over real life Korean? Um, like. I think, yeah, I can probably concentrate like a lot better, but I think a lot of the time it's just like a survival thing. I'm like, oh, I, I need to concentrate or else I'm going to, you know, stuff up. Yeah. So um, this album, I definitely tried to push my production skills. As an artist, I see myself first and foremost as a performer and it's only over the past year that I really tried to concentrate on producing things um yeah I'd like I'd like to get better at that and also just being able to mix things um really well and sort of being able to pl to record sounds very well and mm. uh, place them you know in the spectrum like of sounds like put them in the right place um I think it's something I still need to work on a lot of the images that I have attached to the music um obviously I'm really I'm influenced by water like images of water and um and started raining which is so perfect that's beautiful <laughs> um I have some broad themes that tie it together like the water theme but yeah. when I'm making like an EP on al or an album I try to go into it with an open mind I think if you're too like restrictive and mm. try to outline everything that it's going to be about it more often than not it's just not going to be like that so I think it's good to to be open-minded and then once you have a bunch of songs and once you have a bunch of songs that you're happy with perhaps after that you try to curate it in a way that sort yeah. of makes sense and the narrative of the whole album's like important I just approach it the same way I would approach making a set. Yeah, just trying to create a, a narrative and the songs that make sense together, putting them next to each other, yeah. things like that. If you have a sound that's sort of connecting the whole album, like maybe try and work on those things. I think if I was going to sing over something, I would probably affect yeah. the vocal so much that it's not even obvious yeah. there's a label i sent the music to and they're like yeah it sounds good but you know i think it sound better with vocals but to me i just i i don't really believe in that like i think there's something really great about instrumental music i think growing up i was actually more interested in instrumental music a lot mm. of the times you know the lead lines themselves are those are the vocals to yeah. me i'm like you don't necessarily need someone to sing on top of something
Okay. In the beginning, when I first started making music, I think a lot of the compositions I made were more acoustic based in the sense that it was mostly piano sounds that I was using. But just with the way I'm producing now, I make electronic music in the broadest sense. I'd say maybe it's performance based electronic music. put that in the CD player in the car and I, it made me almost cry. And oh, I, I thought you did cry. Okay, okay. So maybe <laughs> I did cry. But small, gentle, gentle amounts, not yeah. sobbing. It was very <laughs> dignified. It was. Uh, it, like it welled. It definitely, uh, there was a huge outro I think it was images, maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, my question is whether you've ever been listening back to a track that you've made and it's had that impact on you. Yeah, I guess I don't want to say yes without sounding like a bit of a wanker. Like, oh, I just listened to my own tracks and I just feel so moved and emotional. Um, I think like sometimes when I listen to some of the piano tracks, there's, there's definitely a lot of emotion in them. Mm. Images from Deluge. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of emotion in that track. So. Um, Maybe there's also something about piano. So I, as I remember being woken up some mornings, my mum playing piano to wake us kids up. Yeah. So there's also something in my, mm. I guess, cultural history. Yeah. Of that instrument being in my home, not yeah. necessarily being far away on a stage with a rock yeah. star or something. Yeah. I don't know if there's something about that. Do you think about the people who are going to be listening? To your music when you're making it? I don't want to be too uh, influenced by what people are thinking of the music, but I, I guess I do. I do think about sometimes about who's going to listen to it. With the album that I just made, um, like the, the leading single CDA, I think was, was very pop oriented. I did think about like how it would be received and what people would think of it. I want to keep making music that's for different audiences. With this album, I think it was very uh, 
like electronic based, I guess in terms of the sounds that I was using and some of the songs are in a very like pop sort of format. In future, I want to be able to change it up. So mm. who knows, like maybe the next album I make, I might just make some abstract piano thing that's very dissonant or you know, less pop oriented. And, and I'm okay with that. I want to be able to, um, to, to switch it up, mm. I think. Like still, still use the same like techniques in terms of making the music and performing the music. I'm not afraid to change the genre. I don't want to become too locked in a certain genre of music. I think the thing that ties all the music together is the way I perform things. So. Yoke, collaboration with Rainbow, collaboration EP with Jaka, which is coming out on Finery in November. What's your process when you come up with a song? A deadline helps. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I'm doing it for work and a choreographer or a filmmaker or both, if it's dance film, will say they've made something or they're making something and they need sound to go with it. Mm-hmm. And then I will ask them for the concepts they're working on or the inputs or the influences they're working from or the performers they're working Mm -hmm. with or the context it will be performed in or depending how far it is into the game i will get a video from them yeah of something that already exists and i'll compose to it like a film score yeah and i really enjoy approaching things as scores rather than songs i think i'm just more comfortable in that structure Mm. yeah uh, and then, um, I don't know. I would like to think that something about being dance trained means that when I watch other bodies moving that are going to end up performing to the music that I make, there's yeah. some kind of sensitivity in that loop Yeah. where I'm making a thing that will hopefully drive them and make it easy for them to perform it through, but then also will give an audience a more visceral experience of what they're observing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all of the conceptual stuff. Uh, Sometimes I know that sometimes it's very, very early on and I know I want to send 10 tracks in the first week Mm -hmm. or cells. And so I've got a, a loop that I really enjoy that I've found mm. or I've recorded at um, Tempe Jets. There was for mm. about a month, there was a very weird sound that happened if you ran the tap for just under a minute and then <laughs> turned it off. And, and you I, recorded that. And I recorded that, that and, I, and I yeah. haven't used it yet. Yeah. But Sometimes those random sounds are great. They're so good yeah. because there's – yeah – uh, or like my sister is a vocalist and she has her own band called Tiffany and the Curls. And so I've got, cause I helped her record. I've got all her Pro Tools sessions. What is now will not be. It means that I've got endless amounts of beautifully uh. <laughs> recorded um, source material that I can edit or re-loop or yeah. make very dissonant. Sometimes... I very much enjoy reminding myself that I'm not trying to fill every moment. Yeah. Uh, 
and then I'll just put mad reverb on something yeah. <laughs> or mad yeah. delay. Like, or I like I, it when you find yeah you yeah. add sounds by accident. Um, I actually did that with um, at the end of Ultra. I put in a distorted sound in there, and the distorted sound was actually. Um, because on Pro Tools, sometimes like my CPU will slow down mm. and it'll start playing the tracks um, in a distorted way. And one day I just recorded, I recorded Ultra <laughs> distorted onto my iPhone and then I actually added it as a layer in the actual track Ooh. at the end. So if you listen towards the end, you'll hear this distorted layer coming through mm -hmm. and it's actually the Pro Tools session <laughs> stuffing up. And then other times I've just, I've got a four by four pressure pads or a MIDI keyboard or whatever, and I'll just play through different samples. Or for a while I was rocking macros in Ableton Live. You can drag just anything, a whole bunch of clips into um, clip view, mm -hmm. and then you can set them to fire each other off random oh, wow. or sequentially or whatever, and yeah. then you can set the amount of time. And so there's a track that I made that ended up being used for a performance in Malaysia yeah. in KL. And all I did, I mean, I don't know, this is the thing about modern and contemporary art. It's like, it's easy to do, but someone else didn't do it. So then yeah. you do it. all I did was drag in a whole sample library of percussion and set each clip to fire the next clip off and stop playing after half a bar. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a cacophony, but it just holds on to concert or to order yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's ended up being very useful f when a choreographer needed something at the last minute yeah i don't know if that's a bit like um pop john cage yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but it's more like just being a bowerbird of things that are mm. interesting or that hit you or mm. And I think I only ever started because I wanted to use a song and then the song was half a minute not long enough and so mm. I taught myself how to reverb the song longer or <laughs> stretch it out. Or, or If I compose for a dance piece in live, the dancers get better at it during rehearsal and so mm. you have to drag the tempo meter up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if a whole That's scene funny. exists just to see the effort of the performers yeah. and they get too good at it, or, mm. or vice versa, it's really hard. You can just drag it down for the first mm. couple of weeks of rehearsal. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Wait, so if they're having a bad day, do you just like set the tempo? <laughs> Higher, just to push oh, them. No, 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 no. I no, thought no. you were Of break. course not, of That's course horrible. not. That's horrible. I really like that you can then use live in a live context or even QLab so that the performances can be as live as possible, even if, even mm. though budgets these days can't allow for a live orchestra, mm. somehow as much as possible can be responsive to each other. Because mm. I think, as you would know, when you're performing not to backing tracks, that there are moments where you can just drag out oh, or you yeah, can just sit yeah. on a note because yeah. you know yeah. you're there, everyone else is there with you. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, that's the beauty of live performance. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's definitely a difference sometimes with 
the way I play tracks. Like if I if I just perform it with the synth only without anything else, um, I guess it has less layers. Like mm. so sonically, it might sound less uh, a bit more empty, but it I definitely have more freedom to um, to ch- to change up sections and sort of yeah. just improvise on things and. The reason I like live performance is because I get to hear the song differently. Yeah, yeah. Than I do on the CD. Even f- fan covers, like that um, Goitier, somebody I used to know, that got covered by so many fans that then Goitier redid a cover of the covers of his song. <laughs> and it's like, it's seven minutes of people from all around the world yeah. doing the same song back to him. There was something yeah. <laughs> very, I don't know. It's encouraging that people engage so much. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes the cover is better than the original. Yeah, Yeah, or even just live, like live Santana. They just, they just cut sick on stage. Live Santana. Yes. I mean, I've never been to a concert, but they're live recordings where a song that's three or four minutes can stretch out to 12 minutes. Then I feel very inept because I can't play live. I can only compose. Yeah. That's all right, though. I don't... I, don't, <laughs> I guess I, I talk a lot about, like, live performance being important, important to what I, think I do. it's important. But I don't know, I guess with um, other with other electronic music and there's, you know, with musicians that play out of like laptops and things like that, you know, I don't have anything against it. I totally respect what they do because sometimes music is just made for a different context. It doesn't have to be played in the same way that I am, like, you know, bashing out everything on a keyboard. <laughs> I my, love it when you, you know, bash say the keyboard. Say if I made like a, an ambient, you know, a track that doesn't uh, yes. change that much. Yeah. It might make more sense for me to just, you know, um, trigger it, trigger things off a sampler. You know what I mean? Um, mm. So, uh, but with with rhythmic sort of tracks, I definitely, I just find it fun to play live. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, so. Do you think you'll get to the point where you're playing gigs and crowd surfing? Because <laughs> that's maybe how that's how hyped people a bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. if I had a guitar or. That would be pretty cool. But at the moment, I'm pretty restricted to just sitting down. I can't even, I don't think I could even stand up and perform. That'd just be too funny, I think. <laughs> I feel like I've seen you with, with Rainbow. Yeah, perform I've done standing that. Up. But that's, I think that's different because. And with Yoke? Yeah. I think when I perform in a group, usually I'm playing less parts and I yes. have more breaks. <laughs> so yes. that's fine to stand up. Yeah. When I play by myself, because the pressure is on me to do a lot of things. I, yeah. Yeah. I think there's no way Standing I could stand is another up. Yeah. That's probably why stress. I move around like <laughs> my, you know, my arms and my head and you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to sort of dance, but while sitting down. <laughs> when I first started performing, I was really worried about what people would think about what I was doing. Like, why is she playing everything on the keyboard? Or, I actually, I was really, I was, I remember I did my, one of my first, this wasn't my launch, but it was like my first ever gig at Alaska Projects back in the beginning of 2013. And I was really worried about just what people would think about what I was doing. Um, 
I think like the more performances that I've done and like feedback feedback that I've gotten, I've I've sort of gotten more confidence in what I'm doing because I've realized that performing things in this way it's actually what gives me a bit of an edge like um and Mm. that people really respond to it and they and they enjoy seeing it um i think in the beginning i was just i was a bit too worried about what people would think so i think like what i've learned is yeah it's important to just stay stay true to your art form and um you know to try and push you know the the skills that you have already and try try to make them work rather than trying to be someone else or you know mm. trying to make music in the same way as someone else um you know like even in the beginning like i think you know i had some you know other colleagues that would just <laughs> make fun of like the nord as an instrument and cuz yeah they'd just be like ah oh, it's so heavy and why are you using that and it's just how well you know how to use your instrument or your program. You can use anything like to record and make something great. Like with the Nord, for example, it wasn't, I don't think it was meant to be used in the way that I use it. Um, but I've, yeah, I've just sort of spent enough time with it and crafting like mm. um, my own sounds with it that it works for me. That's fine. I would never tell someone else though, like, oh, you're using that keyboard. You should be using my keyboard. (laughs) I just think it's just ridiculous, you know, because there's some people that will use like budget programs or pirated things like, you know, Fruity Loops and, you know, make amazing things out of that. You know, Mm. they don't, you don't necessarily have to have like the newest high tech gear. So I think people just get distracted by it. I think some of the, the most clever musicians are the ones that find a way to make complex things by using very simple sort of materials yeah Mm. the album that i released i actually just thought it was going to be an ep but Mm. what ended up happening was i I ended up rehashing some some old tracks that i've i you know how you were saying you were asking me about like when you give up on tracks or keep Mm. going there are a few tracks which i'd sort of started recording then i gave up on it on them and then um i think once I already had five songs for the album, I started looking at, at those songs that I'd um, left behind and sort of became inspired to finish them. When you feel like you don't have to force anything else onto it, um, mm. you know, when you have the most distinct parts mm. and those parts sound good, then mm. I think when the essence of the song sounds the best and, you know, you've put whatever layers to sort of um, embellish the other parts, I think sometimes it's better to just make something and not share it around too much with people. Mm. I find that when you share things um, or when I share things, I, uh, I don't know, I kind of want it to be a surprise for people when it comes out. And, um, you know, I think it's good to just make something and be confident. If you're confident in it, then that's fine. You don't necessarily have to show it to someone else to, you know, get feedback because sometimes it might end up undoing everything that you've done um might have been one or two times i'll I'll send something to someone and then um i might be too influenced about what they say about Mm. a track and you know it's 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 fine for them to have an opinion about it but you just have to be very sort of aware of what you're doing and you know not be too too influenced to change everything that you do based on what someone else says Um, there's a track that i've been working on but i feel like 
it's reached the end of my skill set. Yeah. And so I emailed it to my sister to make vocals for. Yeah. And I'm waiting back. So oh, so she's going to put vocals on it. She's going to put vocals on yeah. it and then send it back. And then hopefully I'll, yeah, do changes to support mm. her ideas because I d- actually don't have idea- m- melodic ideas mm. so often. Yeah. Which I guess is why I fall back on making scores rather than songs. I'd much rather be just sharing the music with the people I'm collaborating with mm. it on. Yeah. Or sending it to the person I made it for. Like there was... Yeah a show a few years ago called Lake by a, a Brisbane choreographer called Lisa Wilson. And then the part that I'd made a solo, the, there was a solo dance part and I'd made a track for the performer. And now there was a different performer, a new performer mm. performing that solo called Christina Chan. And I wanted her to have music that w- reflected her, mm. not just inherited. It yeah. the, the music would not have fit her and so I made the new piece and it it was only two minutes or three minutes of music it took me a week Mm. and it's very subtle like it sounds to me now almost like nothing but I remember how I labored over it finished I felt like I wanted to give it to the performer through the show because she had to listen to it for four or six weeks on tour every night at performance as well but then also as a person because I'd been thinking about making it for her Mm. but then there was I was part of a choreographic team in Perth for Steps Youth Dance Company and um in the two or three days after the premiere season finished, I had some time off and I was still bubbling with creative interaction. And so I sat down and made a track and it only took a day. Um, And then I sent it to them because I wasn't gonna work on it anymore. And I'd made it in response to how they had affected me. Mm. And so I put it up on our like shared Facebook page with 70 people on it. Mm. And it, it was, purely in a way that other people have videos that are backstage or have pictures that they've taken in the wings or something mm-hmm. and that was my version of interacting with that yeah i like the idea that this the thing the sound file that you're sharing is not always destined for one outcome which is mm. burnt to a cd or played to a radio that maybe yeah. it's just yeah that's true yeah i haven't 
made songs specifically for people, many people before. But yeah, I've done it once before. I think it's something really nice about just giving one track to someone and yeah, one track not to ever one releasing person. it. It's just yeah. something that you made for someone else. Um, Did they like it? I think so. Was it a yeah. gift? Was it like some this person? Oh, it was a song that I wrote for someone else. Oh, nice. Yeah, for one of my friends. So yeah, I think she liked it. Um, there's sorry, um, you go. Oh no, that's what. There's there's a musician in Sydney called James Robson who's excellent and multi instrumental. Um, but he had a birthday and I was poor, and so I went to his house with my Mbox and Ableton Live and we jammed which meant because i can't play live basically he jammed but i recorded him jamming on different things and then Mm. gave it back to him so he could jam in response to me responding to him (laughs) and that turned into a uh just a track worth like a song worth of a drum line that then i gave to him as a gift as like a part of a Basically, my boyfriend and I started this thing called Meeting Places, and we run events. Um, I guess my launch is one of the first events running out of that. My boyfriend, Justin, he wanted to make a compilation that's sample-based, so basically he's going to give... He's created, like, a bank of samples Mm -hmm. for people to work with, Mm -hmm. and, yeah, he's given it to... At the moment, he's given it just to me and one other... Um, electronic musician and we have to make a track based off one of those samples so I ended up loading one of the samples into my keyboard and cool. making a track cool. sort of yeah it was actually one of the first song that I performed at the launch it's like a vocal sample mm-hmm. um, but yeah I just thought that was a really cool way of yeah sharing sharing sounds and you know it'd be fun to like work in that sort of or even i sometimes this has happened to me before i've come up with something but i can't do anything with it it doesn't fit it's good Mm. but it's it's like it's not relevant to what i'm trying to make or i don't have the skills to make it what it could be Mm, and i'd much rather that it exists with somebody else for yeah something else yeah that's how i felt about some of the piano improvisations that I'd I just recorded like piano improvisations onto a phone um it was fun to be able to send it to someone else and just Mm. let them Mm. have a go at it (laughs) Mm. and not feel too attached about making it into something because yeah yeah. sometimes yeah it's better to just give it to someone else and see what they can do with it actually got an ask to do my first remix it's for my friend's band Um, cool it's Heather and Sam, the Jezebels. Yeah. <laughs> so they've asked me to remix one of their tracks. So, yeah, that'll be really interesting to do. There was um, an album Linkin Park did called Reanimation. Yeah. And it was, I think, tell me if this is wrong, it's like all their stems from a different album oh. completely remade into a new album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And what I liked about that is it didn't. None of the songs sounded like a, any a remix sounds. Yeah. Like there wasn't a kind of build up or anything. Yeah. And there, but there was a whole album worth of new songs and tracks, and it's like different parts had been zoomed in on, mm-hmm. and you got to go on a different journey with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was also a teenager, so my taste in music is mostly. <laughs> I've been exposed to a lot of other things since then. 
Yeah. But I like the idea that something can be many things. Yeah, you can do it in so many ways. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Um, I should let you go, Karen. Hey, thanks. That's all right. No worries. Thanks for having me. (laughs) 